0: Hi. Welcome to this Grandma's Life podcast. I'm your host, Thesia Ellis. Get ready to laugh, learn, and grow with me as we explore growing old in an ever-changing world. Today is August 7th, 2023, and this is episode 43, Lessons and Insights I Learned from My Trip to Florida. Okay, first of all, we'll do the farm happenings, and I've been at home for a few days, so there are some farm happenings to talk to you about. Uh, since my last podcast, we have actually gotten 1.3 inches of rain, which is really unusual for late July and early August, and we'll take it. We'll take it any time we can. It keeps us from having to irrigate. It's actually, uh, well, it's helping a lot of things, so <laughs> so it was good, and we woke up to, uh, to some rain this morning, so I'm okay with that. Um, but the heat that we've had recently has made the us t- slow down. I'm wondering if they're going to pick back up because in the next few days, the temperatures are going to be in the upper 80s and uh, lower 90s instead of upper 90s and lower 100s. And the heat index was evil. <laughs> but we lived and we survived because we're in Oklahoma and we're kind of used to that. I mean, we're not so much used to it, but we also understand that that is part of life here. And you you do what you have to do to get through it. So... Uh that's what that uh so the tomatoes did slow down and probably is a good thing for Tom because I hadn't even been around to do too much. He's the one that he's actually the one that's been doing the canning of the tomatoes. So I'm really kind of proud of him for that. He's the one that's done the garden this year. He's done the tomato, he's canning the stuff up. Beats I mean, it's fine with me, you know. So I'm I'm grateful that he's actually done that. We're getting some uh getting several quarts, and I am grateful for that. Uh I did come back my first morning back. Uh, First two three days I was back it was just a little bit difficult. Uh, my piglets were not honoring the well. The actually waddles. Their mom wasn't on honoring the electric fence either, and I was checking it, and it had full charge and stuff. But on that uh, the electric net fencing, the net one, uh, the very bottom strand is not electrified, and so they figured out how to squeeze up underneath it and get out without being electric, like without being shocked, and uh, so. And they were well, even while I was in Florida at one time, one of uh, one of the Kinsey's teachers called says, hey, uh, pigs are in the yard in the in the road. And Tom was not happy because he had to go round up the pigs. And then he told me when he got back that he believed that there's there's a brand new pond behind your house. Now, they either went to the brand new pond. It's not I say behind your house. It's actually down the hill and a little ways down and uh, they either went there, or they could be going to the mud hole that used to be the pond on my sister in law's house. One way or another, they were not anywhere near during the daytime. And I, we had we had wallers for them and stuff. But hey, if you're going to get out and get to have you know the grass that's not inside your fence, and you're going to go explore, you find other places to lie in the mud. And they would they would come home covered in mud. But they would at least come home every night. And uh, so and they they would always come home for the morning and evening feeding. So I don't know. It was a little frustrating because I because then I completely switched fencing setups and and uh, it's a kind that Waddles was uh, used to whenever she was young, from the lady I bought the pigs off of but uh they weren't honoring that either and i was really discouraged and i've been working on and working and working on it and i think i finally got it where they don't get out so much and i'm grateful for that i'm still good there's a couple other things i still want to do actually what i'm thinking about doing because it's battery operated i get feeling the jewels are nowhere near strong enough so i think next time i go into town i'm gonna to go look at an electric system uh, where you actually plug it in system and see if i can get something where where it'll get their attention a little bit better and they're not going to be so apt to run off i mean because where they are now i mean there are some muddy spots and some bare spots but they've got a tree to be underneath there's still plenty of grass in there it's not like they're they're struggling with you know now daisy on the other hand i need to get her moved and get something done with her because she's over there by herself and it is pretty bare but i've been spending all my time wrestling with waddles and her piglets so uh yeah daisy's the next one on the list to be taken care of uh but the la- like i said the last couple of days they've actually been staying in the pen like whoa hey there they are excellent i'm glad um <laughs> like that first day back though all the pigs were out and half my birds were out that was really frustrating i'm going what the heck you know and i don't even have to do electric i mean there's electric net fencing but it's not electrified because i've had a couple of issues with uh, the 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 chargers and I need to get, oh, I need to do some work on one of them so I can have enough chargers to go around again, or I can go get the the charger that that is actually plugged in and I can move it to the other ones. But right now I've got half my birds out. They're running around everywhere, you know, d- ducks and chickens. And I believe, and we've got really tall grass over there nearby where they are. And, and I believe my ducks are going off in the weeds. and and well, I know they are because I found some, they're laying their eggs out there. I don't know about the chickens. I haven't found chicken eggs. I think they're molting. I think that's what's going on with them. So, yeah. So, and the duck, I don't think the ducks are at this time. But I've got a mess. I've got birds everywhere. I had pigs everywhere. You know, Tom and Kinsey did a really good job of taking care of things to the best of their ability. But, you know, they have their life. Tom has work. And Kinsey had work. And she had softball and all kinds of stuff going on. So, they did a pretty good job. That kept things. They kept things from dying. But there was a lot of things that were still waiting on me whenever I got home. So, yeah, my egg count is down. So, I'm already having to cut back way back on customers. And I really feel bad. I was hope like, you know, like when I before I left, I was wanting to have some, uh, uh those eggs that I was incubating to, so I can not right away, but I could have, uh, hens that would be laying somewhere down the road. Well, not only do I not have eggs that have incubated or any chicks that's doing, but now I don't even have enough eggs to service my customers so i guess i'm gonna to have to i think i'm gonna start looking for some uh, uh pullets and see if i can get something that because that, and that's another thing too though because the pigs when they kept getting out they they totally demolished my small brooder and those storms totally demolished my big brooder so i don't even have a brooder for for of my birds right now i mean i could come up with something but it you know that's coming up with something whenever i think what i can do is uh get some, get some birds a little older, hopefully, and get them, get them in one of my, uh, John Suskovich style chicken tractors. In fact, I've got, I've got all those ducklings that are big enough now, even the younger ones, they're big enough. I need to integrate them with the, uh, with the adult birds and that will free up one of them for some pullets, and, or I'll do something. I've got to figure out something, but I need to expand my, my, uh, birds so I can expand my egg production so that I can have, eggs to take care of my customers. So I don't know. There's a lot going on down there. But you know, I, like I said I've had a lot waiting for me when I got back, but hey, nothing died. That's good. Um oh and I didn't put out put that on the list but there is something else I want to talk to you about too. But oh my gosh guys let me go back to this other thing though. That my dogs okay so you know that my dogs my big lifestyle guardian dogs don't like lightning and especially Beethoven he is can't do lightning and thunder he's always in and like pacing and everything like that. Well, he's been doing that anyway without any lightning or anything at first. And it could be part of the first couple of days I was home. He followed me everywhere from room to room to room. It was antsy and I couldn't understand exactly why. And maybe he was having some an- uh, uh, separation anxiety because he is, he follows me everywhere I go. He just, that's what he does. He leans on me and follows me everywhere I go. So when I first came back, he really was up my butt, you know. And uh, but he's but antsy too. And then i watched apparently the flies are getting to them and, and <laughs> you know animals make expressions and and uh, Beethoven can wrinkle his eyebrows and he gets this look and he's and he's so slow. So he you know he can snap at a fly but he's like three seconds too late regardless of what you do. Now Candy on the now is watching her with flies. Yeah she was out there guarding her food. <laughs> i couldn't out what she was doing because she guards her food anyway but she's out there and she's literally snapping at flies and guarding her food from the flies like they like they can't get to her from get her to her food i don't know it's been weird my poor dogs they (laughs) they don't like summer all the time especially beethoven because he's just got too much hair on him and he's hot and miserable and candy does better with it she's better but yeah beethoven he just he's not into summer and he's not into flies apparently but i think he's glad i'm home and i think he's settling down a little bit and i'm glad for that too because it is kind of little it's a little uh upsetting to watch uh a, an animal struggling emotionally or you know whatever emotionally or physically or anything like that and beethoven's been struggling in the last few days um because Oh, we've been getting some rain uh the grapes are, are ripening in fact i really need to get out there and start uh look because i know i've got some clusters that are ready to be picked now if i wait too long it's going to be a problem but i need to get out there and start uh start clipping some uh, grape clusters and maybe i can start learning how to make some wine i don't know and in the the grapes that we have i can't remember if i told you before but we've got two different kinds they're they're deep red grape one of them is called chamberson these are both french style uh when Tom bought them, they were from they were French grapes, and the other one is called Rougeon And uh, so, but because they are supposed to be for wine making grapes and stuff too, they actually have a very high sugar content. They make excellent grape jelly. I haven't made any in a lot of years. Well, that's because I go for so many years without having a a, a um harvest at all. So we're going to have. A, it looks like I'm going to have a decent harvest. I haven't looked too closely, but I need to get out there and cut cut some grapes and see what i got going um one of the things i was gonna that i brought up uh i told you before i went to florida the saga of taking oscar meyer to the processor and we were struggling we were trying to decide oh my gosh this is a boar so is he going to have boar taint? and he and he was stressing he was in a lot of pain he was stressing and and everything and that always changes the, the flavor of the meat and we're thinking oh man we're going to spend all this money to get a a bore process, and another part of the thing is too is it was difficult to find a bore that would um difficult to find a processor that would do a bore that couldn't walk but uh he knew he wasn't the the processor was really sweet he knew he wasn't because uh oscar couldn't walk because of an illness or anything like that it was just because he apparently had fallen off this the sows and hurt his back you know so um we took him in broke my heart that was a rough day no fooling rough day but we got the meat back two days ago and we immediately thawed some of it to taste it the basically what we did because we didn't know how much it was going to be good we didn't we thought well okay if it's going to be dog food we want we and we knew the hindquarters had atrophy quite a bit so we weren't going to get hams and roasts and stuff like that so we just got everything basically ground and uh, so i think half of the ground is breakfast sausage and the other half is just regular round and that'll be good it's gonna be good it's you know for you can mix it with well we don't buy a lot of beef but because it's expensive but we do have some venison so we can mix some pork and venison and make some good hamburgers and everything you know just it'll be it will be good and the reason i say it will be good is because we tasted it and it was wonderful no smell no board taint no thought at all of that and so i was so grateful and i think even though he was under stress whenever he died i think he had been out of commission long enough that the boar taint truly wasn't going to be an issue, but you, but you never know because he was fully intact, but he was in a mud hole for the last two or three weeks of his life, and and uh, not doing a whole lot before that, you know. So we don't have expensive dog food. We do, however, have expensive meat. We dig some pork chops too, uh, and what we, oh some bacon and pork jowls. Uh, you you cure the pork jowls and. I, and I explain this to you because every time I say something about Giles, people go, what the heck? But they cure it like, and it tastes very much like bacon. So that's really cool. It's just rounder, you know, <laughs> and it's long. But, um, yeah, we're grateful. We're very grateful. We've got good meat, very good meat, and, uh, and it's not. So it's just expensive meat that, and I say expensive because, you know, how much money I paid for him in the first place, which I expected, which was, that's part of it. And then you count in the feed. And then you count in the veterinarian and the chiropractor, you know, it yeah. He was expensive and it would have been a crying shame if we would have had to feed the vast majority of it to the dogs, but we do not. And we are gonna my freezers are full and I am so grateful. And I'm grateful for I mean, cause Tom got a couple of deer, and so we've got venison in the freezer too. If you think about it, most of the stuff I uh for especially with the diet that I have for so long. It was turkey and chicken, and I've got a lot of turkey and chicken in the freezer, but now I've got pork. I love pork, guys. I, they're probably pork chops. Oh my gosh, my mouth is watering just thinking about it, but I love pork chops. I love, I love pork. I love barbecue. And so I've got, a, so we don't have all the cuts, but we've got the pork chops. We've got the bacon. We've got the pork jowls. We've got, uh, breakfast sausage and we've got regular ground and i am very thoroughly grateful and happy about how what's in my freezer and tom even had uh, room for some of his okra <laughs> in the freezer he was well i wasn't i was going to throw away the okra because because we have access to some really good okra we have a, a neighbor that uh he grows the longhorn okra and when you see when you say okra Most people who grow okra like the Clemson spineless and stuff like that if it gets very long It's very tough But his is like a longhorn okra and it's like 14 inches long and just as tender as it can be and I like it because it's still got a nice flavor and stuff too and uh, Chopping up okra to put away if you especially if you got little things are only like just two or three inches long or four inches long Whatever like that You're having to go through a lot of okra to get you a nice mess of okra that you can fry up so um with the longhorn okra chopping it up goes a lot faster tastes good and so we've still got stuff from the freezer from last year and i guess he's got okra coming off now so i wasn't worried about if i had to feed some of the last year's okra to the pigs i was okay with that because we'll be we'll we have access to more and we've tried growing the okra over here too that we've tried the seeds um he his property is near a creek, and it's more his land is his is not reclaimed coal pits, so he has topsoil. He's got wonderful soil and he takes very good care of his place. And we do not, we don't take care of a good care. Of, I mean, I work on the garden area to my try to make good soil, but oh my gosh, I've got so many invasive weeds in my garden that are like serious uh roots that I dig up roots, and every time we try to dig them up, they break off and they just make more it's it's very frustrating very very frustrating so we, we don't grow some things here very well the tomatoes this year have been really uh, probably the best um crop that we've had in years and years i was ready to quit gardening so i was glad when tom did that and he's had been successful this year so um that's kind of what's going on around the farm i will admit i got home and i don't i guess the stress of everything this basically got to me you know uh what dealing with my parents they were good people don't get me wrong it's just i was always on constant duty making sure dad didn't fall um peacekeeper between mom and dad because they both are cognitively down dad is very cognitively low and it's kind of funny and then i'm going off on another little tangent here but my dad adores my mother has from day one in fact if you listen if you listen to their backstory i'm pretty sure what you would call it today is stalking my dad followed my mother around for a year before he and he went to all of her basketball games he went to everything she did and never introduced himself until new year's eve and and he i guess he got the guts up and plopped himself because back in those days too everybody piled in one car and they went to the movies or something like that so that's what they did and dad sat next to sat next to mom and he's been by her side from that day on <laughs> and so um he adores her but after he had his stroke those glasses um basically uh kind of, the rose colored glasses slid and he has a tendency to yell back when mom yells and stuff so uh, i don't know so i was dealing with that trying to uh Keep mom happy, excuse me, just a minute. If I do not let Beethoven in, he sits there and scratches on the door and tear up my door before I can finally let him in. The good news is he will probably sit down here in a moment, but sorry about that. All right, so keeping the peace between mom and dad, keeping them happy, keeping dad from falling. Uh, taking them to the store every day and trying to figure out which one to follow around and you know because they both neither one of them were sturdy on their feet and uh, so it's it's nerve-wracking and plus a long 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 trip to Florida with a with a uh, airplane delays and then even coming back it was delayed too you know so those long days coming and going to Florida and uh, I don't know it was just stressful And I was tired and I didn't realize how tired I was until like my poor brother was trying to take me to the airport and we were talking and, and uh, he asked me what my address was and I could not remember my address. And I to this day feel really stupid, that I could not remember my address. So I don't know. It it was, it's, and then I got home and I thought, okay, I'm going to hit the, I'm going to hit the floor running and tried to, you know, like I said, I worked on the fencing and, I got really discouraged when the pigs kept getting out. I got discouraged when I'm having to look around for eggs and all my birds are out. And, and uh, there was just so much going on. And then uh, I thought, and, and Friday, I thought, I don't care. My knee, my left knee has been really swollen for the last three weeks. And I don't know if it's because when we were wrestling with Oscar before I left to go to Florida, I don't know. But it's been very swollen. And it's on the same leg where I had that Achilles uh, injury. And, uh, so I thought I'm going to go to the gym anyway. I'm tired of sitting on my butt and, you know, or just not, I just want to exercise. I want to get to feeling better. And my knee swelled up so bad that I just almost couldn't walk. I had to drag my cane out that I, I pull out off and on over the years and, uh, from foot issues from one reason or another. And uh, so that was what I was trying to do was, uh, I crashed basically, uh, the second half of Friday I crashed. Um, I got up on Saturday morning and I went to do some work up at the church with the clothing ministry, went to church on Sunday. But boy, when I was home, I was in the recliner. I I took a nap Friday. I took a nap Saturday. I took a nap Sunday and still slept at night. And, And I'm thinking, all right, guys, it's Monday. I've got to get back to work whether I feel it or not. And I actually feel pretty decent. I, but apparently I really, really needed to rest whether I wanted to or not and it didn't make any difference how much work was heading my way or with me, I needed to get the rest. So I have gotten the rest and I back at it, I guess. Um, My three things. um, uh, The number one was Monday housework because I crashed for so many for so long and there was a lot of housework to do on here. Plus it's the first Monday of the month and that's the day that's when I pull when I change out. Um, Comforters and blankets and and I, every Monday I wash seats and stuff too. But I just had a lot of uh backload of laundry to do and and uh, with Kinsey being so busy and Tom being you know Tom doing canning and stuff, there were some dishes to do. Not too bad though. Actually, we're doing better about doing dishes and everything. But regardless, there's a lot of laundry to do uh, specifically on Mondays. So I had a lot of housework for that. Number two is this podcast, and you know I am late. I should have gotten some of this done even earlier because I'd like to do a couple week weeks, but between the travel and taking care of my parents and stuff and uh trying to take just trying to take care of things i just really couldn't and plus i crashed so i couldn't do the research and get it get my notes written up to um <clears throat> to take care of uh, the podcast <clears throat> and i'm hoping to get some more footage done too and, and uh for my youtube channel and so yep podcast was number two and number three is a softball game. And you know what? We were supposed to have a softball game today, but we got some rain here. But where the softball game was going to be, where Kenzie was supposed to play, apparently they got a lot of rain. And at first they were postpone they postponed the games for two or three hours. And then just by the time they were going to go down there and leave, leave on the bus to leave to go to there, they said, Nope, we're canceling it today. So out of the, my three things, I did get, I'm doing Monday housework done pretty good doing the podcast, and but not the softball game. But that's okay. We've got another softball game tomorrow that we ought to be able to get done. Unless it rains again. You never know. Because we do have chances of rain. It's really crazy. But that's what I've got for there. Alright, what I'm reading. And I believe I read uh, before I left for Florida, I read an excerpt from uh, the uh, Atlantis Found by Clive Cussler. And I'm going to I'm going to finish this one off today and we'll be done and I can move on to something else. And I, I guess I, I hope I'd remember to talk about the rest of that in a few minutes. So on page 11, it's the, this excerpt says surprisingly snow rarely falls in the South polar region. It is so incredibly cold. The atmosphere cannot contain water vapor. So any snowfall is minimal. Not more than five inches falls over the continent in the entire course of a year. And some of that snow has already been on the ground. It's actually several thousand years old. The harsh sun strikes a white ice at an oblique angle, and its heat is reflected back into space, contributing largely to the extraordinary cold temperatures. And I had I had uh, marked that because that is true. It's kind of interesting. When we lived in Alaska, I think I was told if it gets below 20 below, it's too cold to snow. And it didn't snow when it got very cold, and where I lived, it got 1560 below. We were inland, it was a dry cold, anyway. We didn't get that much snow, we didn't get that much rain, uh, not as much like when you're in Anchorage and stuff or anywhere near the ocean. They have they definitely have more humidity and stuff. But up in Fairbanks, if it got below 20 below, you I don't remember ever seeing snow, and I, and I believe I was told that you just didn't get it. And the snow you got was so dry it was fluffy and you could just blow it off your hands except the first year that i was up there now this was not in my notes but um the first year i was up there we had a wet snow early in the season and all of our neighbors and us and we're young i was like 19 and so was all the rest of my neighbors and stuff and we're because we were military or our spouses were military and uh so we made a snowman and it was work you you think Okay, snowman, but this snowman, the top of his head was the same height as our second story window. So the bottom, you know, so you had three different uh, layers the big, the big round, the biggest round bottom got that. That was almost easy compared. But when you have a medium sized uh, ball, we broke a door we broke with uh, broom handles trying to get this thing lifted up and on top of the second one and of course the head was much easier well once we could get the height on it it was hard to get the top one on because of the height but it was really cool because we built the snowman we decorated and everything and then and the post newspaper the reporter came out and took a picture of our snowman and it made the the newspaper on on post and so that was cool but yeah that that so when it gets that cold it just doesn't snow that much and so I I so whether it's north or south pole you know. Okay, here's my next one is on page two seventy nine. It says Aaron Bell was in his mid sixties, a hyper character, red faced, badly overweight, and working under a blanket of stress. He smoked two packs of cigarettes a day and drank twenty cups of coffee. His outlook on life, as he often expressed it, was go like hell and go to the grave satisfied. And the reason I marked that one is because of a memory I had whenever, uh, back when I was younger, um, back in 98, uh, I I don't know if very many people know where I, I was, I was, I was attacked, had to play dead four times to survive and stuff. And, uh, and then I, I was a single mom trying to put food on the table. And uh, because I was having to go to court and do all that other stuff. I was under severe stress. I was smoking up to two packs of cigarettes a day at the time. And I was getting about two hours of sleep a night. And I always teased at the time that I could sleep when I'm dead. So that was, that was, probably, that was the reason I marked that one. Cause it did bring up a memory of, of, of a time when I, I didn't say that, uh, being, you know, sleeping and being satisfied, but I, I i needed i had to put food on the table and i had to work hard and i worked long hours and i was under a lot of stress and i just said i could sleep when i'm dead okay the last excerpt is on page 297 and this one is just a descriptive i love descriptives but but this one is a good descriptive i thought this is the gray granite cliffs of the gorge rose like giant shadows before they were blotted out by the sky night sky below the blue white ice of the glacier glittered and flashed from the glow of a three quarter moon. See, that just paints a beautiful picture. I love descriptors descriptives that paint beautiful pictures where you can actually see what they're writing. It's not just telling you and everything and you know, oh well, the sky was blue and the moon was round and stuff like that. You could see how the moon was and how, how it reflected on the on the ice and everything. So I just love it. I really do. So um that's that's the reason I marked that one, but that's all I've got. That's all I had put on for the Clive Kessler, uh novel of Atlantis found <clears throat> my quote of the day is when, when the one great scorer comes to ride against your name, he marks not that you won or lost, but how you played the game. And that was from Grantland Rice. And um, I chose that because I think, because I feel like my parents are getting to the end of their life and, and uh or thinking about how they've lived their life and stuff so it's let me repeat recite it again when the one the one great scorer comes to write against your name he marks not that you won or lost but how you play the game grantland rice and a little bit i'd see i'm i'm, I'm enjoying this part too no joke of looking up the people i don't know anything about Grantlin rice i never knew who he was at all but i looked him up and this is what i learned his name is Henry Grantland Rice. He was also called Granny, and he lived from 1880 to 1954. And he was an early 20th century sports writer that played football and baseball at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt University. And he was also an advocate of the emerging game of golf. I mean, basically, he was saying golf was growing at the time, and he was an advocate of helping it to grow. Um, he wrote for the Nashville Tennessean and the New York Tribune. And from 1925 to 1954, and if you think about it, a lot of things, I don't think most people even came up with televisions until the 50s. But from 1925 to 1954, he provided footage. For Paramount Sports. So basically he took the footage or he he had someone take footage and he provided it to Paramount Sports. And so when people went to the movies, I guess, I don't know, they could actually see what was happening in the sports world and he helped provide that footage. He was also married and now had they had one child and her name was Florence Rice, who grew up to become an actress. So I don't know. Yeah not really important, not, not earth shaking, but really interesting. Okay. Because if you think about it, we all have had interesting lives. We've all done something. We may not be a sports writer. We may not be a great poet. We may not be great at anything, but you look back at your life and you're happy. You've had an interesting life too. So if somebody can look you up and see what is a little, a little snippets about you, that's kind of neat. And I've enjoyed looking up all these people who um, have quotes that they said something important enough that we thought that that they could put their name next to it. My next thing is my scripture of the day and it is Isaiah 29, 16. It says, you turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay shall what is formed say to the one who formed it. You did not make me. Can you say to the potter, you know, nothing. And there are two aspects of this. And one of them I'm going to say anyway, even though it really has nothing to do with what this podcast is about, but basically saying we turned upside down and people are, and it's saying that people are claiming that God does not know what he's doing. And if you think about it, people are saying that God has made mistakes on the gender that uh, God made mistakes in their life. And therefore they've made these different choices and they've got to take things in their own hands. And even if you think about it, most likely if you're like me at all, not necessarily on gender, but you could say, well, I think God made a mistake on this or I don't believe that this is what it should be. And you try to take matters into your own hands and stuff. And and I've done that in the past. I Well, actually, I've done it even more recently. Not so much flying in the face of, of saying that God didn't make a mistake or anything. But let me refocus. Let's say but what I'm trying to tell you is God did not make mistakes on your gender. He not, he does not make mistakes in your life. So. The, but this this scripture is accusing some peoples of this time of doing that so the number two thing is how i i'm not necessarily turned it upside down but i my own expectations of how things were going to go in florida uh kind of reflected on this thing on this scripture too you know i i had my own version of what's going what was going to happen and god had his had his decided that's not how it was going to be and that's what my main subject of today uh thing was today. my main subject today is some things i learned my expectations and stuff so like number one my expectations when i went there and if you know if you watch my videos or anything before i didn't want to come um i love my parents i really do Uh they are exceptionally stubborn mom has uh she has some dementia issues. Dad has ex- moderate to severe dementia issues. Um, and stubborn and dementia issues are a bad combination too. My mother is prone to fits of rage. And has always been, had that. She, she can fly off the handle faster than you can blink. And she's always been that way. And so I was not looking forward to people who... who we're not cognitively all there. And one of them is prone, prone to fits of rage. And dad's just flat, mule-headed, stubborn. And they always accuse me of it. I may be stubborn, but I think dad has us all beat in in spades. And I guarantee it. So my expectations were mom's temper, temper, dad's stubbornness, and dealing with a cognitive decline. And then I was on constant watch of, of dad falling because I was told that dad was falling three times a day uh, whenever I went out there to take care of them. So I was real, and so I was always very diligent about trying to make sure that if he was up, well, I couldn't even do that. The man was getting up at two o'clock in the morning and wandering around the house and stuff all the time. So I couldn't even do that. But whenever I was up, which I was getting up early and going to bed <laughs> after they went to bed, you know, I was still always on watch, making sure that he was steady on his feet, which was not even that easy because he was insisting on wearing shoes that were too big for him. There was a lot going on so that was my expectations and uh i also expected to swoop in and convince my parents of the need to make the appropriate changes mom can't walk she lost her right i mean she can walk okay let me rephrase that she walks very poorly too she lost her right side when she had her stroke and two almost two years ago she fell and broke her ankle ankle and uh had to have pins put in her ankle and stuff. So she, it's all she can do to get out the door. If she's on a very flat spot, she can walk. But if, if there's any change in terrain at all, she can't walk. And like my father refuses to use a walker. (laughs) And here's dad having bad bouts of dizziness and, and uh, shoes that were too big for him. And he's refusing to use his walker and stuff too. So I was expecting, and when Dad fell, Mom couldn't even figure out how to call nine one one. So she called my brother. I guess she's got him on speed dial. I don't know how she got to get hold of him, but she couldn't. That's the reason I got sent to Florida because my brother couldn't be there for about a week, and they we needed somebody who could watch over Mom and Dad and take care of them while he was gone. And uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I just had expectations that I was going to say, mom, you can't hardly walk. Dad can't hardly walk. Dad's falling all the time. Dad's cognitive ability is in severe decline. You have a chance here to get into a really low cost, a good situation that where you can even pay off your bills and you can be taken care of. And it was a situation that would have been really good for them. And so I showed, I arrived thinking that I was going to convince them once and for all quickly to take this. I was even going to do the physical work to help them pack stuff. I wanted to be with mom and help her. You know, she's, she used to be a, an excellent artist. She has beautiful artwork that does not need to be stashed somewhere where it's never going to be found again or, or thrown away or anything like that. And, of course, there's always the family pictures and stuff dad before he had his stroke had turned into an excellent woodworker and he makes beautiful furniture so she had some furniture that she would like to keep and I, and it would be room and the, where they were going to go for it and so i was going to be there i was going to help them we were going to we were going to get a storage unit for the stuff that she definitely wants to keep but would not fit into their new housing arrangement and if she wanted to she can go visit at any time she would have somebody there all the time to take care of them they actually would not lose too much well i was gonna say they wouldn't lose too much independence but dad should not be driving he should not be driving had been driving for many years and unfortunately mom thinks that she ought to be able to drive and she has no they neither one of them have any business driving for any reason whatsoever and i really i really have a fear in my heart that dad's going to kill somebody (laughs) i've I've, I've been feeling that way for three or four years or longer now Hmm, actually longer yeah and so by god's grace dad hasn't killed anybody and i'm I'm really grateful for that, but they don't need to be driving. They're they're just not there cognitively. They're not there physically, and so I was going to go in there and and explain to them this is what we need to do. And let's get it done because I was there. I'm flying to Florida. I can only stay for a couple weeks. Let's do what we can get done. We'll make sure Dad doesn't fall while we're doing it, and let's 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 get the physical part of it done while I'm here and make it happen. And it didn't happen that way. It just. Uh. I mean, we were going to, I was wanting to take him over to mom and dad's house and, uh, cause we weren't staying at their house at the time and, uh, let dad sit in a chair and watch television while mom and I went through pictures and stuff. And we just, it just didn't happen. What actually did happen is yes. Dad was exceptionally stubborn. Oh my goodness. He's stubborn. Uh, and the cognitive decline. He, he, he can't work a timer he can't work codes he can't work an atm but he insists that he can and i uh, was always watching so that's that is what actually didn't happen but i will say though mom did not have a temper flare she did not have a meltdown But I mean, she could have some meltdowns. So i thought we were going to get kicked out of disney world a few years ago she had such a big meltdown and uh so What didn't happen was mom didn't have a bad flare-up. She snapped at dad every once in a while, but uh, I think I would have too. (laughs) And we didn't get anything done. So that's what didn't happen. So whatever my expectations were, whatever it is I thought that I was going to come in and do, did not happen. What I did do was my job, which was what expected of me is keep dad from falling. And I took care of them. But I was hoping to get more stuff done. But I guess that's not the way god wanted it to happen and i'm okay with that to an extent too i mean it is that's the way it is um my story of the day let's talk about dad's stubbornness okay <clears throat> let, 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 let me kind of put you into perspective here a little bit dad actually through when i first got there he did not look good he he was his eyes were kind of blank he looked tired he looked I don't know. He just, he just didn't look right. And he, uh, he just, he wasn't all there, but as, as, uh, the time went on, he actually got better and it was getting around better. His eyes were looking better. He was able to converse better and stuff like that. Um, one now he's been making breakfast for mom every morning. Probably. I don't know. He's been doing it for years and years and years, but I know since mom had her stroke and she was, Uh, so that was 16 years ago that she had her stroke and so he knows what she likes he knows what she how she likes it and uh, so he got up this morning that morning and he didn't have a good cognitive day at all mom likes english muffins and she wants them toasted a certain way and she wants butter and she wants her jelly jam and so that's what what we usually do but dad got up and he got hurt this morning and uh, well he fixed it i don't know what time he fixed it he probably fixed it at three o'clock in the morning but he didn't toast the muffins he only did one muffin instead of two he didn't toast them and he didn't do butter and he put jam on it well that was putting a bad start to the day but we were able to <laughs> we were able to work around that but that was obviously he was having a cognitive issue that day and then two days later his balance was bad it was real bad i i was following him around for sure to keep him from falling over and uh, finally finally got him to sit down and not do anything but that day was really bad um and what we're wondering is he may have been taking mom's medicines too I, because mom says her, de, her medicine for the day had disappeared. She always puts them in little cups and set them aside and they were gone. Like two doses of medicine. But I didn't know this until later. But uh, he was slurred. His words were slurred. He almost fell over several times. And then he ended up falling asleep and his breathing was so shallow that I was scared that he was dead. You know, I mean, I really had to look for him to see if he was if he was breathing sometimes. I mean, every once in a while, it was real clear that he was he was alive because he was snort or something like that. But other than that, he looked. I didn't know what his problem was and it was scary. And I really thought I was going to lose him that day. And then that night, (laughs) that night, he feels better. After I'd been watching him hard, hard, hard all day long, he feels better. And he decides he's going to take out the garbage. And I said, well, that's okay, Dad. I I can do the garbage. He goes, nope, you can. I'm going to do the garbage. I said, well, how about if you put a garbage bag in the can and I take the garbage out? He goes, nope, you put the bag in the can and I'm taking the garbage out. And I finally said, Dad, if you fall, I'm going to be mad. He goes, if I fall, I'm going to be hurt. So. I know that if he went outside, he wouldn't be able to get back in because he doesn't know the code on how to get back in. So I sat by the front door and waited and waited and waited for him. I didn't want to stick my head out because I didn't want to irritate him because I've done that a few times over that time because I was following him too closely or monitoring too closely. And so I was trying to give him a little slack and I waited and waited and he didn't show back up. So I poked my head out and looked where the trash can was and he's not there. Well, I was barefooted. I don't know why I was barefooted. And I was told if I went outside too much, I need to get the pepper spray for uh, with me because I have a neighbor. Their, one of their dogs has been known to get loose and has actually attacked a couple people. And it was a pit bull. And so I, I go outside barefooted, no pepper spray because I'm looking for dad. And uh, I'm looking. At, he's not on the side of the house on either side of the house. I'm looking up and down the road. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, where did dad go? And as I went around one side of the house, here comes his pit bull. And I was mad by now and upset and worried. And I looked at that pit bull and I said, I am not in the mood for you. You better be good. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, if this dog attacks my dad, I'm going to have to kill this pit bull barehanded and barefooted. But I didn't have to do that. But that's what went across my mind. Well, what had happened is dad had gone around the side of the house and he went in the back door and he was in the house. <clears throat> I was upset. I was really upset with him. I didn't tell him so, but I was upset with him. And and so then I'm wondering, and I felt terrible, terrible, because uh, I was going to have to turn on the alarm at night. I didn't have to, you know, the house alarm. I didn't want to have to worry about him because obviously, I I can't remember if I told you this, but he's getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and he's wondering, yeah, I told you that. He's getting up at two o'clock in the morning, wandering in the house. You get up. I was getting up at six and coming downstairs and he's already sitting there and he's already drank a pot of coffee, even though he's not supposed to take in that much fluid because he's supposed to be monitoring his weight. And he's supposed to be weighing and making sure that he was keeping the fluid right, but he couldn't figure out how to use the scale. Even though we showed him several times, he kept saying the scale doesn't work. So uh, I guess the bottom line is he's safe. We got the garbage out. Dad was inside safe. I didn't have to fight a pit bull. We all survived, (laughs) and I'm home. (laughs) So my question of the day, and I guess basically, is two questions: is what are some what are some expectations you have had in life that just didn't come to pass and how has that affected you and your life specifically um give me an email if, if you have some like that if you sometimes on some of the some of my platforms you can uh, comment uh below or if you can't do that email me at thesiaellis at gmail.com and uh just let me know what are some expectations you've had in life that just didn't come to pass we've all had them and this is just a small snippet of an expectation i had you know and in in a two week period and not necessarily my whole life, but I had expectations and this is how it came out. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. My income producing activity is StreamYard. Uh, if you, any of you guys, and, you know what? There are more and more people doing podcasts, and I do what I do here is I go to StreamYard, and I, and I put it where it records audio and video. And that way I can go through there and do, uh, my the video part so that i can have it for my youtube channel this grandma's life podcast and then i can also put it out on all the like itunes the stitcher and all the other places that you can listen to podcasts and that's there so there's just the audio version of it so it already separates that for me i didn't have to have a video and figure out how to strip the sound from from the video and then redo it. And cause I was trying to take that route for a while. StreamYard has all that. It does it for you. It's so much easier that even someone who's 60 something years old can figure it out. Even though it took me a little while and I'm slow at doing it, but they've also got a whole bunch of other things that you can do too that I don't do. I guess you can do meetings and you can do uh, workshops and all that. I don't know what all the there's a lot of other stuff that you can do on there that, uh, that, that, uh, that I don't mess with. But they are available. But StreamYard.com, if you can do that, go through my link below. And reason I do that, too, is that as much as I like StreamYard, we've all got stories. We've all got passions that we like to talk about. There are more and more people that are doing podcasts. And you can even take classes on how to do podcasts and stuff. And um, so if you ever feel like you want to have a podcast, go through my link below, StreamYard.com, th- uh, below, and uh, sign up for it. And I really think that you'll be pleased. I've been pleased with it so far and uh, really grateful that I don't have to do a whole lot of extra stuff to get this stuff out to you because <laughs> I'm just not that smart. Um, also, while you're at it, would you give me a five-star review? I understand that I talk about different, completely different things. You know, it's not just a farm. It's not just uh, one thing or another. I, I I like my life. I have a varied life. I do things and I like I like what I do and I like talking about it. So uh, I, I would ask that you would give me a review so that I could start being seen by other people too. Okay, where I can be found? Uh, grandma's Homestead.farm. I've actually been pretty good about putting out a uh, blog posts every week. That might be a day or two late, but it's been doing pretty good. Uh, my main channel is Grandma's Homestead, uh, the YouTube channel uh, right now. Uh, and I've also got Farm Animal Life YouTube channel. On Instagram, I've been doing, not only do I do stuff for us on the farm, pictures of stuff on the farm and stuff too, but now that, you know, of course they've got Instagram reels and I do some of that. But I've also, I have my favorite scriptures. I have my favorite uh, quotes and I've been doing almost every day, one or the other and posting that on Instagram. And uh, I'm enjoying that too. Uh, I can also be found on TikTok, Facebook, MeWe, Twitter, rumble all of those are on some version of theseia e or theseia ellis all right guys that's what that that's it that's all i got today i'm home i'm happy to be home i'm happy to be getting things kind of back in order i'm back to be ready to get back into a schedule and do my thing at the same time the schedule as always is going to be varied because softball season has started and i am i am Kinsey's number one fan and i'm in there videoing it and cheering her on All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of you who do listen. God bless. I'll see you next time.